0: Impact of Influence, The Murdoch Family Murders. This is the unfolding story of a powerful South Carolina family, the mysterious deaths they are linked to, and our quest to bring you the truth. Hello, friend. So grateful you're spending time with us. I am Matt Harris. Seton Tucker, of course, is here. She's a superstar of this episode. We're always so grateful that you're here. And Impact of Influence on Facebook, we'd love you to reach out. Uh, we also gonna have you go to uh, MattHarrisPodcast at gmail.com and in a few months I might get to it <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just been pounded a lot with the emails like, yeah, I love it we love it we love the, the reviews uh, please uh, rate review share the episode and we take the feedback good or bad we also like to uh, say once again thank you to Evergreen Podcast Evergreen Podcast Company uh, we've signed up with them new company handling our pods so we have some new you. artwork new artwork too
1: forgot
0: yeah. about that uh, so miss Seton, you were asked to speak. Yes. Yes. You're looking r- at me like, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about, I
1: know I you're know. afraid
0: of public speaking, but then talking about, talking about public speaking.
1: It makes me nervous. I do not, I don't like to really have the spotlight. And I actually started, the, uh, my speech out saying I much prefer to be in the audience than at the podium. Uh, well, are,
0: are you, are you going to go, uh, are you going to give us the speech?
1: I'm not going to give you the whole speech. I figure Why? I, no, no. I thought we would just talk about the, the Could you give us points. some
0: of the speech?
1: Oh, gosh. I guess. Don't you think,
0: Dwayne? Speech, no. speech, 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 right, speech, speech. I'm going to have
1: to put on my glasses for this speech. one, I guess. Um, well, I, I started off by telling the crowd that I have a terrible fear of public speaking. Um, and I'm not really sure exactly how I agreed. I think I have a problem saying no. Um, so
0: you have uh, a public speaking fear and a, and a fear of, of saying no. <laughs>
1: I don't have a fear of saying no. I have a problem saying, saying no. no. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah. I understand that. I hear you.
1: And I really don't want to make this whole episode about myself. So let's, well, let's, no, let's, I let's think let's it's, not, it's it. not
0: really about you, but it's about how the podcast came to be. So I think people want to hear about you.
1: Well, so I told them that, you know, of course it was an honor to be speaking to the leaders of our community. Um, in my only other time I had attended a Rotary Club meeting was in December of 1989. What? Yes, when my high school choral group was invited to sing at the <laughs> Christmas presentation.
0: Are you going to sing for us today, too? No.
1: Well, most people who know me well can attest that I am not a good singer. <laughs> but my high school is really small. I only had 36 people in my graduating class. Wow. So um, it was more of a sign-up thing than a, a talent thing. And <laughs> <laughs> Like anybody could sing? Exactly. Um, and just told the group about how I got interested in the story uh, after uh, Mallory Beach, uh, the boating accident. I had seen on Facebook that uh, there there had been this accident and people were uh, uh, asking for prayers that she would be found safely. And of course, we now know that she was not. Um, and that's when I just kind of became obsessed with the story and I started reading everything. I learned about Facebook uh, sleuth groups, which I had never known about before. And I'd reached out about to Sandy Smith and I had heard rumors about her son and also about uh glory Satterfield, the housekeeper who worked for the Murdoch family. Um, and which we've gotten some criticism that I was a bored housewife and I'm not going to deny that. Um, <laughs> oh, you're far from bored. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not as bored no. as I would like to be. Um, and then, um, talked about seeing the family at the at a South Carolina football The game. Murdoch family. The Murdoch family, yeah. So we'll, we'll explain
0: that because that's a long time ago. we talked about that. No, so.
1: that was crazy. That was actually when I really decided I was compelled to tell the story. It was the fall after the death of Mallory Beach and I was just... um, Just had this feeling that I was going to run into someone from the Murdoch family. And Paul was allowed to go back to school at USC and leave the 14th Circuit. And... Sure enough, at halftime, we had gone to a club to get some concessions. And I was waiting for my husband to use the restroom with my daughter and out walked the entire Murdoch family. So I had annoyed all of my friends and family with my obsession. I told everyone I was out about this. And so my daughter knew who they were, and they were very distinct looking. They oh, have yeah. red hair. So they walked out of the elevator and my group my daughter, I've told this story before, I believe, on this podcast, grabbed my arms like, Don't say anything. (laughs) And then I was at a girls weekend shortly after that with some college friends. And uh, somebody started talking about this boating accident. And I took over the conversation. Again, I think I was super annoying. Uh, And my friend said, you should write a book. So I was probably about two chapters into a book uh, when I decided I probably didn't have the skill to write a book. And now I'm very thankful I did not write a book because there were much more talented authors, including Michael DeWitt valerie valerie barling and you would, have, Ryan. you would have rocked it no no these are these are professionals um you were tied
0: to that story for a couple of reasons you, you went to high school in hilton head which is an hour maybe from
1: right and the i
0: boating accident was
1: and we grew i grew up boating on those waters yeah so yeah. i was interested and i had kids just a few years younger so i just was really felt connected to the story and i think that's why i started following it and then i all these rumors about this powerful family of the alleged driver and it just hooked me as it has hooked the nation
0: because then you dig into that and then you find about the stephen smith case you find about gloria satterfield nothing about the financial crimes of course nothing about the opioid addiction of course
1: well and so again i started i'm about two chapters into the book i need to find these two chapters i don't know how bad they may be um and i thought i would do it fictional because i was scared of being sued
0: Oh, I mean, so you're going to write a fictional story about a powerful family and a boat... Boat accident. Uh, boat fatality. Yes,
1: I was going to do fiction. Um, And so then I thought, well, maybe... I, I love true crime podcasts. I thought, oh, I'm going to go that route. I'm going to do a true crime pod, podcast. So I reached out to a friend who had gone to film school and he had recently moved back to the low country of South Carolina and asked him if he could help me. And he had... Taking the second career as a real estate agent, he was like, uh, I'm out. <laughs> I, he said, I will help you behind the scenes, but keep my name out of it. Right. So, and then COVID hit. So I just kind of put it on the back burner. Um, but then, fast forward to June of 2021, when I was having dinner with your wife and mm-hmm. I was telling her about this story. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've missed the boat. And now, mas- national media picked it up after the deaths of Maggie and Paul. This, is, uh, this
0: is days. It was this, a couple of days. This was
1: the week that they were murdered, yeah, probably within, yeah. two days later. And I was I was telling Amy about the story. And she said, well, Matt has always wanted to do a true crime podcast. And I think we met at Starbucks the next day.
0: Yeah, I think we did, yes. You started telling me the story about the power of the Murdochs and the family and the, the multiple deaths that were linked to them. And now these two are murdered.
1: And you were like, tentacles, tentacles, tentacles.
0: Yeah, I did say tentacles. You, lot, yes, you I? did. You
1: used that word a lot that day. Um, and then we tried to do it ourselves, and that did not work out well. And no. I guess maybe a day later, we found Dwayne.
0: Yeah, because I had known Dwayne through he has a tiny house that he rents. And we rented the tiny house one time, met him, and he was doing music. And I'm like, you ever think about doing a podcast? This was before that, because I thought, someday I'm going to do a true crime podcast. Yeah. And so all the forces came together, and within a few days probably maybe two weeks after the murders, maybe at the most, we came in here, Wayne sat in his chair, we sat in our chairs and just started talking.
1: Yes, we did. I mean, and it was probably just talk. If you are new to the podcast and you want to, don't go back and listen to this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We hopefully have gotten better, but you know, it's always been our, uh, and for not always just because we don't want to script everything, but we have super busy lives and I've got another full time job and all that sort of thing, so we just thought it'd be better to be. And a, I'm a
1: trolley reservationist as well. If you, yes. Or if you're in York County and you want to uh, rent or go on a brew tour or have want to rent a private tour on a trolley, reach out.
0: There, there you go. And you can uh, <laughs> find me at uh, Matt Harrison. Friends on the Charlotte Morning Mix, one zero seven nine. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so we, we we start doing this thing, not thinking. I mean, did you think that? There was going to be now almost whatever is 10 million downloads.
1: I remember when our first episode was released and we had, I think, 600 people who listened and we were so excited. Couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. Um, so I want to get back to my fear of public speaking. Oh, yeah. And not saying no. Um, I really don't know how I decided, not really liking to be in the spotlight and having a fear of public speaking, to yes. start a podcast where I talk to people. Yes. And now, uh, and now, you've now come a hell of a long way. I know. Yeah. Remember at the beginning, you would try to like point your like, and I'd be like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 There would be times
0: where I'd be pointing. like You're like, I don't have anything to say. So you'd be like waving me off. And at and the I beginning. I was still
1: scared of getting sued at this point, too. Yes, we were
0: a little so bit. So we that, were yeah. really
1: scared about, I mean, obviously the Murdoch family, they're all lawyers. They know how to sue people. And so yes. we were really very careful to make sure that we didn't say anything that we could not. Back up, but yeah. we also, um, you know, we made mistakes. We'll talk about we that. We wanted to be fair, uh, too. To
0: but uh, coming back to that where you would wave me off thing, it reminds me of the beginning. We got a lot of Matt, quit interrupting Seton. But
1: oh, what they yeah. didn't know was that oh, you yeah. would just
0: stop and go, like, Like give me this, your hands up and they're like, I don't know what to say next. So I jumped in. Well,
1: and I would defend you. I was like, well, Matt just jumps in when I don't know what to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now I can't stop her. I know. Now I
1: talk too much. No, you
0: don't. Uh, So, and, and yeah, so that, that growth of that, of of you on that was crazy. Uh, It's amazing.
1: Well, so I want to, I gave the Rotary Club um, my biggest takeaways from this experience. And, I want to start off before my biggest takeaways is if we can do it, probably any anyone can. I had several people come up to me after the presentation and said, "I really want to do this YouTube thing or a podcast." And I'm like, "Look, if we can do it, anyone can." <laughs> and I pointed at them in Dwayne's direction.
0: Yes, well, I mean, you can, but I you you, you sell yourself short. You do have the skill of, of many skills. One is researching things and then making connections. We make you know we all now have. Got to know a lot of people, get their opinions. Uh, I've talked for a living my whole life, so I have a little bit of that. But you, you fell right into storytelling and 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 talking and discussing about something you were very interested in. Not not everybody can do it, so you got to give yourself some credit.
1: All right, so let's go. Let's go through my list of the top takeaways. Okay. Number one is if you have a passion project, pursue it. Uh, maybe don't mortgage your house. Keep okay, your day, right, keep your right, day job. Right. Um, but it can be a really great creative outlet. And if you feel passionate about a story, why not take that chance or something else? It doesn't have to be a podcast. It can be anything you feel right. passionate about.
0: But you're right; podcasts are not that expensive to get started. Right. Uh, you, you find Dwayne pay him a little money. Are we, are we owe him some money. I think maybe. Never mind. <laughs> 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 we start paying him soon. Uh, and, and, uh, so it's going to cost you a little bit, but if you, like you said, have the passion about, Something do it.
1: Right. Okay, number two is fake it till you make it. Um, I have had this uh, pattern of really trying to research things and not feeling confident enough to do something until I have full knowledge about how to do that, which kind of bogs me down and prevents me from doing anything.
0: The fear of being perfect.
1: Right, yeah. right. Remember the beginning episodes? I think Dwayne can attest to this. At the beginning, I'm like, we have to redo that again. If I stumbled or something, yes. I, I yes. really wanted to make it perfect. And also, just for example, I just would think I would need to take a course in how to do that.
0: Right, and I said, just plow through, baby. Just plow through.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look at me. I
0: made a whole career. I make. I'm on the radio every day, making mistakes and acting like a buffoon. So I was probably the worst person because I'm like, ah!
1: It's fine. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number three is sometimes just say yes. So shortly after we started our podcast, we were ax- asked to be on the Oxygen documentary. Yes. And hearing yourself on a podcast is hard enough. Remember the beginning, I was like, I really sound like that? Or when you're a kid and you hear yourself yeah. on a tape recorder and you're First like, oh like no, you're just terrible. <laughs> so- It was terrifying. Not only was it hard to to hear yourself, then I'm going to have to see myself. Oh yeah. And you encouraged me to say yes, um. So I did. And the night before the documentary, uh, my husband had bought tickets to go to a concert at PNC, and I can't even remember who we were we we were going to see. Maybe Chris Stapleton. Um. But he he was really excited, so I didn't want to disappoint him. So I went to this concert, and PNC is Pretty far. It's 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 a and traffic can be really bad. It's it's a decent way away from where I live. And so I go to this concert. I leave early, and then I have to wake up at the crack of dawn to drive down to Walterboro. And we filmed in the courthouse where Alec Murdoch was tried. And I had my neighbor did my hair, and I had another neighbor put on some makeup. I get there. It's the heat of the summer.
0: Oh, hot! Hot It's so
1: hot, and all of my makeup. Was like beating off my face. And she had put on these eyelashes, and one was on my cheek. It was, <laughs> it, it was this is horrible. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I am about to be on this on camera. TV. And my eyelash. So I quickly go to the restroom and try to freshen up as best I can. But even though that was kind of a traumatic experience, it did allow us to. Grow our podcast and get over the hump of appearing in front of the camera. Yeah, and when I watched that Oxygen documentary, all and this is embarrassing to admit, all was like, oh, I look horrible. Like that's all I focused on. I didn't focus on anything I said, which is yeah. not right. No. But when I did the Fox News documentary, I I I didn't focus on what I looked like. I more focused on making sure I didn't say anything really stupid. That's a great change, which was that's a, a good change.
0: Huge change. That's what in two years you get all that. A little more, I don't know if self-confidence is the right word, but you're well, worried or about you, the Or you the know, appropriate know how unattractive thing. you are. <laughs> no, no. And you've come and settled with it? No. You've come it to terms. It means you're focused on the appropriate thing.
1: Exactly. Okay, so number four, and this is about Matt, is team up with an opposite. So Matt has been a radio uh, guy for over 20 years, and you are not scared of being in the public eye.
0: No, I'm well, I mean-
1: and you no. say yes to everything. Yes, I do. I mean, I, I do. don't, when I, when you were on Court TV, I was like, can you say no to Court TV one, one time? time yeah. Because we have to get a podcast out. Like, yeah. we're on promoting the podcast. I'm like, yes, you are. But you still have to. Yeah. We still have to have a podcast. And
0: I get up at four for my job. So Court TV would be sometimes like 10 o'clock at night and uh, doing that. And yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think you have encouraged me to say things, th- you know, appear on things that I not necessarily would have done but I think I've encouraged you to say no to a few yes. things that I don't think were a good fit.
0: Yeah, I had trouble saying no to, to offers. Yes, that's true. And there, there's times I was kind of burning out doing that. But yes. it was worth it. It was fun. Now,
1: number five was imposter syndrome is real. Ah. And so I, I don't know if you felt this way. I definitely did. Uh, during the trial, you're just surrounded by these national media people or local people media celebrities too but you know good morning america dateline netflix hbo wall street journal and it was completely intimidating but then i talked to a few of them and i think sometimes they might feel that way too did you feel like you had imposter syndrome
0: um i've <laughs> no I, I don't think that i did because of what i've been doing for so long that I always feel like the podcast and radio people are at the bottom of the rung of oh, everybody. The, pod, the
1: podcasters were in the back row so the media. So I'm
0: like, I, I'm not, an imposter would be believing you're something, so I didn't believe I was anything.
1: No, I don't want to, I did not believe that I was anything. I just, I felt but, out of, out of my league is yes. probably more of an accurate yeah, that, statement.
0: Yeah, that's imposter. Yes, I, I think it was like, I I just knew that, They didn't give a crap about me, so I didn't. So I didn't have to pretend. But they ended up being. They ended up carrying. They were nice and cool and everything. I didn't
1: pretend, but I just. I feel like um, I kind of would shut down and just not really. Just feel too intimidated. Which is weird because people.
0: You became very friendly with the whole crew. You were the one that was.
1: I did, but I mean, like Joe McCullough told you, he thought I didn't like him. I sat right behind (laughs) him for six weeks, but. The, all the other media where they were chatting him up, and I just, I, I don't know. I felt yeah. a little intimidated.
0: Now that you say that, I probably should have been more intimidated. I was like forcing myself into conversation but with the big good. wigs. that's
1: good. That's the opposite <laughs> thing. Yeah, you, you are fine to, to. you will go up and ask anyone anything. And that's true. And I think that's good.
0: And yeah, they probably, uh, when I did a court TV live at a restaurant in Walterboro, uh, when I got off, a bunch of the, the biggie wigs were over there. Uh, you know, reporters and whatnot, and Bland was there and other stuff. And I'd been friendly with him throughout the course. But I just sat right down, got around, and like, let's start. And I, I probably left that night like, who is that dope that just came over here and <laughs> sat down next to us? <laughs> let's talk about one of our sponsors. It is Factor. You can eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals.
1: Every fresh meal is never frozen, and it is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved. Uh, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, and they are ready in just two minutes. What
0: did you have chili the other day? Delicious. And if you want gourmet meals, you can try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, asparagus. So head to FactorMeals.com/impact50 and use code Impact5050 to get fifty percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box.
1: That codes impact50 at factormeals.com slash impact50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Impact50 at factormeals.com slash impact50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me, Murder in House Two, a new podcast from Crowd Network.
1: Okay, so number six is admit mistakes. Now, with the volume of information that we have dealt with with this Murdoch case and all the tentacles, um, it's easy to make a mistake. We've certainly made them along the way. Um, But I've discovered uh, when you admit that you've made a mistake, most people are really gracious about them. Yes. I mean, people will point your mistakes out. Don't get me wrong. They should. But I think admitting that you've made a mistake makes you more human and relatable. And people tend to like that
0: and uh i don't know this is making an excuse or what it is but reality is on this kind of podcast you were on the fly i mean we were would be literally in here recording and reading something on the phone that just came through or uh, the source was, would tell us something and that or, was
1: so hard i i know i'll talk about this in a minute but the the fast moving how fast moving this case was was yes. was so hard and i went personally from being a Stay at home mom to a trolley reservationist and a podcast host that was really fast moving
0: researcher and uh, networker. Yeah, so it was so that's why sometimes a mistake would happen is we're we're banging that baby out. Yeah. As as things are coming in. Yes. Uh, And so occasionally, like there would be something like like in the trial at one point, you know, I might say uh, Harpootlian and Griffin, the prosecutors, instead of defense attorney, because I'm just.
1: Yeah, and then we, people we, say they said yeah. prosecutors. We're like or, I know, I, I know, I just, like, uh, it just made, it, I just misspoke. We don't have
0: uh, a big staff of fact checkers to we we record it and then we release it, and sometimes that's wrong. But the, it's not like there's we can fact check. We're just banging that baby out. Well,
1: and we've gotten better along the way, way, about, better. way. about better. doing that. But we were learning along the way. Yeah. Okay. Number seven is don't be scared to ask questions. And at the beginning, I was personally. Uh, when we were having a lot of our guests on, I would feel intimidated to ask them a question because I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Um, and I remember someone, I think it was on Twitter or X now, made a comment that I didn't was not familiar with some sort of legal term, and they made fun of me on Twitter. And it, I remember it, it it bothered me, but now I've kind of gotten past that. Like ugh, I'm not an expert in anything. And if I don't know something, probably there's going to be somebody else who doesn't know it. Right. And you know,
0: well, in, maybe we're yeah.
1: not for the Einsteins of the world. <laughs> but.
0: <laughs> no, but if and even if you would have known the term, let's say it's okay to ask the expert to explain the term. And not everybody is familiar with everything. So yes, you have sometimes ask. You don't want to not ask questions because you know the answer because you don't know anybody else doesn't know the answer and. That's why you have an expert on or someone on to ask that question. Yes. Answer that question, I should say.
1: Okay. So then number eight is not everyone is going to like you and be okay. And uh. you have to be okay with that. And I, it brought me back to this Seinfeld episode where George, George Costanza uh, wasn't liked. I think it was by one of uh, Jerry's girlfriends. And he just went out of his way to really try to make this person like him. And, of course, it did not work. Um, So that process I've just learned that not everyone is gonna like us. We're not for everyone, but not everyone's for us either. So um I think I'm personally very thankful because it, I used to be one of these people who always uh tried would be upset if someone didn't like me for some reason. Yeah.
0: Well I mean, well, maybe I mean it's that's such a, good that's a that's Now a normal, I don't
1: I don't care as much. Yeah.
0: Well it's normal human nature and having people like you who you don't know are just trolls or they might not even be trolls, but people that you don't really know. I mean, of course, you want people in your life to like you, but if it's a a person just doesn't like your show, or doesn't like the way you talk, or doesn't like how fast I speak, or how slow you speak, or know, how southern they, you speak, or yeah, whatever people, it is.
1: People at the beginning, I remember sp- people saying, "Oh, y'all need to speak more slowly." Yeah, and what they
0: say that time? I, can't I was a drunken. Oh, you sound, or no, you sound no, you sound like or, a
1: chain-smoking crackhead. Yeah. No, just, <laughs> That, yeah. was, that was one of the worst. And how many times did Dwayne comment? and I have to
0: talk you out the legend? You know who really deserves credit for that is your poor husband, Len. I can imagine the meltdowns in uh, Well, I'm going to talk about okay. family support okay. in a minute.
1: But, um, okay, let's go to number nine, constructive criticism. Um, at first, when I would read the reviews, I'd be like, I'll really take them personally because we were so personally invested in this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would upset me when I would read them and then we did take a lot of the ones that were constructive. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if, if, if I think I personally struggle with organization, I don't know that you're the best either. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, we, we really took that to heart and tried to be yes, more organized. And there are certain, certain things that people have said along the way or, or an error that they pointed out and we would fix it in the next episode. I think those are really good. Uh, social media can bring out, the worst in people, and they might say something like, "Your name sounds Murdocky or "You sound like a chain-smoking crackhead." Yeah, um, those things you can't really change, um, so you just have to ignore those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something that can be fixed, you just have to kind of have a yeah. open mind to
0: you. Don't dig your heels and don't get defensive. And yes. Figure it out. And like, we've been talking a lot about mistakes. We didn't make make it sound like we made a bazillion mistakes. We didn't make many mistakes, but when we did, we changed it. Um and also, you know, you have whatever 50,000 listening to an episode, and then there's five people that say some smack. I kept telling you, put that in perspective, put that in perspective. Yeah, How it was people. hard.
1: I mean, I just you've been in the public spotlight for a long time and, and people I guess don't that, like me. and that comes that comes <laughs> with the territory. It does. And yet, I you're just right. didn't know that. I I hadn't anticipated that.
0: And they been a more it. It. and to be fair they went at you for some reason more than me and so it might have been harder if they were more at me but for some Do you reason think they think
1: it's women? Do you think, think when, like the people are more critical of of females?
0: I think that's possible I think that yes I think that's a distinct possibility and also maybe they thought because I worked for a radio station they were the might of the radio station would be behind me and they didn't want to get I don't know but yeah. I think a lot or of it was you, a woman thing
1: You ha- Or you have a career that could be damaged where
0: oh, I don't know I don't it really would, have a or maybe that could be damaged maybe they're just uh, jack holes that want to I don't know
1: <laughs> I don't know but honestly yeah. I say that you know we're focusing on these few
0: few very few few
1: people but this week we've gotten the most amazing reviews and we've overwhelmingly way. Po- more, much more positive than negative. Like
0: 20 to one or something right. probably, but we still. Yeah. Like,
1: I know it's hard. Human yeah. nature is to focus on that. Those negative things yep. where I think if we look at the whole scope, it's been way more positive Very than negative. experience, yeah. Um, number 10, family support. Um, I know passion projects can really take a lot of time away from your family. So I am so fortunate to have a, support group although I feel like they've wanted to kill me at times and there's been times I I think I've come in here a few times that I'm quitting (laughs) oh yeah
0: yeah there's a few times yep there are
1: a few times um so I think that it's important to evaluate the strain on your family and sometimes if you're doing a passion project you might need to not do it if it's too much
0: yeah and uh the if you're the family members just brace for it
1: (laughs) brace for it I know uh, I, know. I, I think Led just kept your was, wine
0: glass full for a while.
1: He did, but I think it was really <laughs> stressful for my family because sure. I went from doing everything for them. Like I made their beds, and I cooked their dinners, and then I was like, I'm out, people. Heck,
0: there was a, <laughs> heck we'll never forget the text that came in and said, who took my cheese?
1: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah my son said who ate my cheese he called me I was like I don't know who like ate working. your cheese but it's not it was not me and then he remember the other time he called to ask me if I could make him a, an egg
0: oh yeah I'm gonna make him an egg <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing a podcast here
1: I'm like I am at work so that was an adjustment for my family they were like what he
0: had, to, he had to find his own cheese and make his own egg
1: make his own eggs but it's been good because now they know how to make their own eggs yep Um, number 11 is it can't hurt to ask Uh, when we've When we first started our podcast, we quickly learned that having experts on was kind of our jam. And it was funny because I saw a meme or a poll that someone did on, I don't know what platform, but they were like... "See." fun for Seton and Matt's uh, expert guests or something like oh, oh, they were really? rating the podcast I was like uh. I thought it was hilarious because we're not an expert in anything and so we learned that having experts on have really helped us and we've been so fortunate I mean at the beginning I was scared to ask people and you did a lot of the asking now You're I think there. I I oh, probably yeah. do Maybe more than you. Yeah,
0: you're an, you're an aggressive um, asker now. You don't care.
1: Um, I, I still get nervous asking. Yeah. Um, you know, but we've had Creighton Waters and Jim Griffin and Eric Bland. Um, it, but yesterday I did reach out to Dick Harpootland because we, we want to do a refresh on the Pee Wee Gaskin story. He was
0: the big serial, most notorious serial killer in South Carolina history.
1: Right. Yes. And so he prosecuted. He was on the other side of the of the, of the the coin. Mm-hmm. And I had reached out to him in the past and he didn't respond, but he did respond yeah. and he was very gracious. He just said he could not do any interviews until after uh, Alec Murdoch was, they decided about this new trial. Right. Now I wasn't, we weren't planning to talk to him about Alec Murdoch, but I get why he can't do it. Um, but you can't let those setbacks discourage you because then another connection and use connections, a big thing we should talk about that, Um put me in touch with the person who defended Kiwi G- Gaskins, and I think he may come on. Yes, so, yeah. You I just mean, can't be afraid to ask. Like,
0: uh I'm still amazed that uh, when we did the Charlotte Strangler, that the woman who's like, I don't know, 80-something now or whatever, who was oh, the, the, yes. the, the brains behind uh, the very first – uh, FBI team that would do, um, what's the word, like the... the uh, profiling. Ch- profiling.
1: I mean, um, that was a huge score. And when she decided to do that, I was like, Matt, I w- I mean, I yeah, would be intimidated to ask. And you didn't. She d-
0: She said, yeah. She like, said, right away. yes,
1: right away. Right, well,
0: yeah. So you just never know when you ask what, worst they say is no.
1: No. Yes. The worst they can say is no. And you can blind call someone. But if you do have a connection, that what does else? seem to help a lot. Sure. Sure. Um, Okay. The last thing, my last piece of advice that a dear friend gave to me when I first started this podcast was be authentically yourself. And so unless you're a total jerk, um I think people Don't be, be yourself if you're a jerk. People, yeah, don't be yourself if you're I don't you're know, a jerk. Some people are making money big money being a
0: jerky talk show host. I yeah. know. But.
1: Um but at the beginning I would listen to podcasts like Counter Clock or you know what are some of the ones that you love?
0: Oh, yeah, you know, all those true crime ones. Oh, yeah. My mind's going, uh, like, we couldn't be Keith Morrison. That's for sure.
1: Exactly. Like, I would listen to those type of podcasts, and I would- Crime Junkie. Yes. I would want to be like them, and I still would love to be like them, but that's just not our style. So, like yourself and be yourself.
0: That is very important. And and I think that's why, like, Crime Junkie and things like that are successful, because those people- appear authentic and genuine and that sort of thing. It's been what I've tried to do in my entire radio career as well. I'm not one of those guys like, Hey, it's uh, 10 minutes past eight. (laughs) Ha ha ha. You know, it just, you do, you do, you make mistakes. You joke about yourselves. You don't take yourself too seriously. And yeah, you just be yourself and how you want to present things is how you present them. And you just do your best to be fair and honest. And um, when you don't know something, you say, you don't know something.
1: Yep. Absolutely. We did have a few questions at the end of Of the Rotary Rotary Club presentation. Uh, One person asked about the good old boys' system changing in South Carolina. Do do we think that this – and I I personally think it it has. I mean, we've had this week a lot of talk about judicial reform. We've had prosecutors send a letter about this judicial reform, and we want to do an episode on that. So I think things are changing, and I've had a few lawyers um, tell me personally – that things that maybe they did not go away, but they could. You've everything made is better. Yeah, thing it's much more transparent now. Yeah, is what I've been told.
0: And I and I think honestly that it's not. We say "good old boy," implying like the southern thing. I don't care where you go; there are in any place. Yeah, there is a hierarchy. There are powerful people that help powerful people, and there's and that's always going to. Exist to some degree. You just want it to be as as transparent as it is possible. But I, I don't think it is just good old boy. It could be uh, good old New York City, or no, no, New York, everywhere Chicago people. for God's sakes, or places like that. I mean,
1: yeah, absolutely, especially in
0: rural areas for sure.
1: And I don't think it's. I mean, I think there's been this narrative that South Carolina is just this this total corrupt, terrible place, which I think these things go on everywhere i would mean agree. there's certainly things that we need to fix in our state but I, I definitely i mean i I love it here
0: yeah yeah and you've been here most of your life yep uh yeah so again it's it's uh, there's whatever you would call it good old boys or whatever term you want to use just about everywhere and you just hope that the system gets better and there's brighter lights on the things that are going on
1: so then another question we got was uh do you know wh- what what what's up next with this jury tampering stuff? I said, you know, I don't know. They're still investigating. We, you know, your guess is as good as mine about that. But they followed it up with, do you think it's fair for Alec Murdoch to get a new trial and put the taxpayers through that burden?
0: Did you, wait, did you answer it?
1: I did. I said, you know, I don't know if it's true, but if it is true and these allegations of jury tampering are true, I again, I don't know. But if it's, it's a constitutional right of ours right. to get a fair trial. So I hate, I, I don't want the state. And even if they are the same facts, if there was jury tampering, then yes. he does deserve a new trial.
0: And yeah. the thing is, you, you know, there's, I think sometimes because, uh, he's a, a man of wealth and power, people look at it differently. Now this, would if he was, uh, uh, let's say he was a poor guy, right. And there was jury tampering. People would be like, yes, get a new trial, get a new trial. It should be the same for him.
1: It doesn't matter who you are. Who
0: you are. The system... Yeah. I mean, this guy... Listen, Alec Murdoch's going to be in jail for the rest of his life, more than likely, at least into his mid to late 80s, perhaps, if he, if he lives. So... that they're, you, know, and I, uh, you know, he wants to clear his name for the murder part. And if there was jury tampering, there was jury tampering. It's the way the system is. He deserves to have another trial if they can prove
1: that. Yes. Now, I've shut it down quickly. Someone was kind of asking... My own personal opinions about uh, guilt or innocence, and I've, I've, we've said all along, it doesn't matter what we think; it matters what the jury thinks. Our job is just to try to present all the information to people. Um, but the, the person said, "Well, what do you think about um, how the community reacted?" And when the verdict came in for Alec Murdoch, p- people were cheering. Yes, I mean, it did not seem like the 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 certainly not the Walterboro community was. Thinking we want Alec Murdoch free?
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely not a, in in that area. And I, I don't, I don't think there was. A fair, I think there was only a very small percentage of people that wanted him to go free. Now there might, but that's then. There's a difference between that and thinking that either the state didn't prove their case or the defense didn't do their job or whatever. You can analyze an armchair quarterback how that played out, but that's way different than whether you think he's guilty or not. Right. And that's what a lot of people get confused if you question whether, if you were a juror, would you have convicted him? If you are, and legal people look at it in a different way too, but it has nothing to do with whether he was is, is actually guilty or innocent if you're looking at it from that angle.
1: Um, okay, this is a question just about our technical process. They said, how long, you, you sound polished, I think they were being generous uh, when, <laughs> when we put out our final product of our uh, – podcast how long does it take and i said it depends on the day
0: <laughs> that is true you get those late in the daytime and we are just tripping over each well, other and-, and
1: we've established that i am not a strong reader <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: i really think part of it i'm not saying i was ever a strong reader but i think early on someone someone made fun of my reading yes. on social media and that really hit me hard and ever since then it's been in my head They've well, I been. Mean-
0: You've always had a reading issue. so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am dyslexic, so it, I am not great at reading. But that's why I you think, take it
0: personally, because... I
1: think, yes, you're right.
0: You've had that bouncing around in your brain since you were a child.
1: Yes, I agree. Yes, um, I think that's it.
0: But the process has gotten easier with editing and stuff the way we do it. And Dwayne, it depends on the guest and how much... But yeah, sometimes it's a lot of editing.
1: And there have been a few episodes that we've listened out. to. Well, some we bang out, but there have been a oh. few that we've listened to we're like, oh, God, we can't release that. Oh, we yes. had to come back yes. in and redo them. That
0: is true. That is true. Because sometimes you're delirious. Like I said, we, You know, we, I wake up early, whatever, it's a long day, and you think you're nailing it, and then you listen to it like, what? What?
1: That was horrible. Or it was
0: wrong, or it sounded terrible. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. and it's it seems we love our guests, and, and those usually tend to work out pretty well. But it seems like the ones that I think we've got this, we've nailed it, are the ones that uh, – are more tortured.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when when Seton messes up her thing, she'll be like... And so on November twenty-two. Blah 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 blah. Blah blah. Let me do that again. Blah blah blah. Stop. Pause. Blah 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 blah.
1: I'm not going to say what you say.
0: I was setting you up to see if you would say what I say because that would not be fit for air. No. I say I say ah bleep the bleepity bleep bleep bleep. you are just so nice and kind of there. You're like.
1: I say blah 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 blah.
0: Without you did great. I'm sure you did killer great. They loved you. Uh, she's open for uh, speaking engagements, bar mitzvahs, weddings, no, wherever you need her for. No,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> but again, it's it's part of my, uh, I guess, new decade of life that I'm going to say yes to things that make me uncomfortable at times.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, great. Um, thank you, uh, Evergreen Podcast, for signing us up and doing uh, new artwork and getting out there and selling us. And if you're interested, contact Evergreen or get us on the uh, Impact of Influence podcast. Uh, Facebook page. We are always grateful. And uh, please rate and share and comment and all that stuff.
1: Thank you for all the really nice reviews. I think we got like five or six really nice reviews. Hopefully, they weren't all from the same person. They were not from my mom (laughs) 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 or or dad. Well, Well, your dad. At least, not that I know of.
0: Your dad's been on the show a couple of times. So, I've always wondered, does he go in there and make good comments about himself under a pseudonym? My dad is not technical. <laughs> he kidding. is
1: definitely not making comments. No way. Um,
0: he, he's like hangs up and never thinks about it again. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And thanks for indulging us with this kind of, you know,
1: we talk had, about us for an well, episode. Well, and we had something else planned for this week. It just uh, it just was kind of a crazy week. So yeah, this I'm is what we did. And, and, uh,
0: why am I telling you that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, talk soon, my friend. Download American Vigilante now. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality.
1: That's how a scam begins. Convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife and she let me know that they had decided to
0: move all our stuff out, and I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper.
1: It's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found.